Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. We're in the food space today. I can't even wait for you to meet Christy Knowles. Some of you probably know her with her background in consumer products. And man, I mean, incredible background and really, really cool company, Mother Raw. We're going to talk all about all kinds of different food products today, right? I mean, condiments, we're talking queso, dressings, dips. I can't, I mean, you will be hungry after today. You got to check out the website, motherall.com. Uh, it is so great to have you on the podcast, Christy. Thank you so much. I'm very excited uh, to join you today. I am so glad you're here. Um, I I was excited to learn about your business uh, and and my research of you and your background. Incredible, like just really great stories and the work that you've done before. And I can't wait to unpack that for our audience today. Uh, Christy is the CEO of Again Mother Raw, a brand of delicious organic plant based products, and on a mission to encourage everyone everywhere to eat more plants. Um, I, I can't even wait. Um, all right, so before we get to product and the business, Christy, how about share a little bit about you and your background? Yeah, sure. So um, I started off in the CPG world, and and was very you know very fortunate to have my background with big, big companies like Unilever, Campbell's Soup, and then uh, most recently the beer industry uh, with um, Miller Coors. And um, so I kind of grew up you know for many years through that experience had. Uh, marketing, sales, innovation, strategy roles, all kinds of different things. Um, but after, you know, a good long time of doing that, I'm not going to give away my age, but <laughs> you could only imagine. Um, I, you know, it was sort of just time to move on to something where I felt like, you know, my purpose, my personal purpose and my strengths were, you know, super aligned to what I was, what I was doing. Um, and, I felt a little tired, you know, from the big corporate world. So sure. shifted, uh, shifted gears and uh, really happened upon the opportunity uh, that uh, that I have now as CEO of Mother Raw in that I wasn't the founder. I am the CEO. Right. Um, but when the company, when I became the CEO, it was, a, it was a very, very small company. So in many ways, you know, have really taken the company from something quite small but a beautiful proposition to something much larger and um and i'm delighted to have a you know a team of 25 people and um and a business that's growing and an aligned vision um that is you know it's aligned with myself and and with with uh, our consumers amazing um yeah the company started in 2011 by michelle Kopman, and it was it was called raw foods the Z at the end, right? So um, and maybe give us a little bit of the history of the of the business, and and now you've been there I mean, almost six years. So I mean, you've been you're, you've been in it, and I can't wait to hear your leadership story. But talk about um, the originations of the brand and and where it's come from, and where it was when you got there. For sure. So yes. Yeah, so Michelle, um, like so many founders, started uh, her business called Raw Foods, which was really focused on um, dressings at the time, selling through farmers market. Markets and you know the, that type of uh, journey, and uh, she did. She you know I think back and she did such an amazing job working all on her own basically to get it into uh, a chain of stores in Ontario to start to get some traction. Sure. And um, 
Yeah. And so when I joined, when I first met Michelle, it was in two, at the end of 217. And um, I was brought in because she had already attracted some venture capital. And I was brought in because of that through the venture capital group to just sort of take a look at the business and provide a perspective, given my CPG background, a perspective on, you know, was the business set up for the success that the investors, you know, had, had, were counting on. And so, uh, met Michelle, she was, she's, you know, very committed to clean plant-based allergen friendly foods. And, um, and we started to work together a little bit just from a you know consulting perspective. And then uh, the really unfortunate turn of events is that Michelle passed away in early uh, 2018. And as a young mother, um, you know, de- devastating. Can't imagine. And uh, yeah, you know, horrible. And realize, you know, one realizes that the impact of the founder passing on the business is basically the lights just dim. I mean, wh- where's the where's the lead, the beacon, the light um, when your 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 founder passes? And so um, it was sort of at that time through a bit of a journey of of, of uh, you know making some decisions about what what my position could look like there that I, I, I took on the role of, of leading the company and taking Michelle's vision forward. Wow. And so when you uh, came in the door, was it just uh, one category of products and you've expanded that over time? Would that look like um, in the early days when you when you started in the role? Yeah. So she was, uh, she mostly had dressings. It was raw foods was generally dressings with a couple of dips and, and such, but really the focus was, was on the dressings and, um, and uh, the business we had about 350 stores at the time, and we fast forward to today, and we have dressings, dips, quesos, uh, and a whole new line coming out very shortly. Uh, and currently, we're in 8,000 doors today. Wow, 8,000. Amazing. Okay, so um, you get there. I mean, tough, really ch- challenging situation when the founder passing away. What what did you need to do to to change the business and I'd say take it to another level? I mean, going to that number of stores with uh, additional product lines, and we'll talk about what's coming in a moment. But like, what were some of the things you had to do or t- to assess and then decide what to do um, in the first, you know, I want to say one three years that you were there. Yeah, so uh, you know, I was very fortunate that uh, in in 2018 when I did take on the leadership role, uh, basically the venture capital group and myself uh, aligned to there needed to be some foundational work done before the business went and spent a bunch of money trying to get new doors. Got it. And the right. And and so the foundational work was one product development. We needed a product developer with professional experience who could really take the proposition of clean, organic and um, plant-based and make it really delicious for a broad palate Sure. And what I mean is, um, you know, I think the genesis of raw foods was really about vegans, whereas what we've come to be and what consumers tell us from a benefit perspective, it's obviously it's taste number one and two, it's the clean ingredients. Sure. They really appreciate our ingredients. Three, it's organic, non-GMO four, it's plant-based, five, it's non-allergen. So we really took our product to the next level from product development standpoint. Two, we just 
improved the, we assessed the assortment, the different varieties that we had, and we made sure that we had a balance of really sort of accessible flavors and then a couple of more, you know, premium interesting flavors, because at the end of the day, the the volume is going to come from traditional flavors. Sure. Um, and so that was big. Number two was we needed to really create the brand story. So it was raw foods. It's now mother raw. That was a year long journey from what is the, what, what is again at the core of raw foods as a proposition, how do we take that idea and again, just position it as a brand that has broader appeal that has emotional connection to it. And part of the the reason for the naming of Mother Raw, which is, of course, just one part of the branding, but it's a nod to Mother Earth and the ingredients we right, use. Right. But it's, yeah, yeah. And it's also a nod to Michelle. I, I love it. Uh, great packaging, all kinds of cool flavors, just in the dressing category. Caesar, ranch. I mean, like your normal dressings, Greek, Italian, but I'm, I'm guessing your differentiator is what goes into the product. Um, and, and obviously, um, and, you know, you've, you've expanded that over the time that you've been there because you want to meet right the needs of those that kind of know what they're looking for but then you've got some that like i'm not the expert on like japanese dressing or tahini like kind of cool like i mean maybe i should know what a lemon lemon tahini is i don't know maybe you know but i i kind of like the balance of known versus like a new be curious to know like how do you see sales trends across those different um products yeah, so we really pay attention to assortment and we are very quick to let go of products that aren't working as well for us and lean into products that are, and they have to be really willing to fail fast, move fast, learn fast. Based on my background of a big company, to me, it, it was very clear that we needed varieties uh, that uh, took from the biggest categories, took from the familiar, sure. but just made them that much. You know, made them in a mother raw way, and that's where the significant volume would come from. And so, that's played out to be true. And in fact, we introduced a balsamic uh, about eighteen months ago, and I thought, hmm, you know, is it going to be sort of differentiated enough? And it's now our number one skew because wow. just big cat. You know, tr- we used to have a California fig, and it was delicious. And the thing was, though, nobody knows what California fig is. Right. You have to almost train the consumer, right? And we don't have the dollars as entrepreneurs to train consumers. Exactly. So, but we knew we had a flavor profile that was amazing. So we adjusted the formula to make it a balsamic using some dates to thicken it. But it's very much like the California fig was. And the beauty is it's the number one skew now. Crazy. And that's just crazy. an example of where, you know, going to the big areas matters. And then lemon tahini, interesting story for, for that one. We That was a consumer sort of competition. Which variety, you know, do you choose this one or that one? We knew that the color of it would, you know, be interesting from a social engagement standpoint. And so the lemon garlic one, a lemon tahini one. And so we provided it on our Shopify site, but we didn't push it out to customers because we thought it's too unique. Right. And then one customer took it. Yeah. And one customer took it. And guess what happened now? It's in the top five. That's crazy. Boom. Because when it's in the shelf, 
it's the one that stands out. It's bright yellow. It's right. different. It's great packaging. So those, yeah. yeah, thank you. So anyway, that's that's a bit of the story on assortment. No, I love it. Um, on the dip side, I just listed off a bunch of the dressings at first. The dip side, I mean, like I, these sound amazing. Um, chipotle aioli, garlic aioli, um, <laughs> like spinach dip, but without the dairy. Pretty interesting. French onion, like. Oh, here's okay. I like spicy, so I'm the spicy queso. Also for me, like I, anyway, these look amazing. And and were you already in this space, or did you have to figure out like product and mix to go along with the dressings? That was where things started. So I would say that we had we did have a few dips, uh, but they were not like the dips that. We- and so it again, it's a bit of you know test and learn. And um, we wanted to have classic dips, i.e. the spinach, the onion, right? Done in mother raw way, because again, the learning is big, classic varieties sell most. Right. And then we wanted to have some fringe, let's call it. Um, and so we thought, well, we can do it. So let's develop an aioli, which is basically a really like it's a creamy, creamy dip and um, see how that you know, see how that resonates with retailers because we wanted to go with, we have unique and we have classic spins. Um, and in some cases, retailers are looking for classic, you know, the cla- and, and some are more interested in something a little bit more of a unique proposition. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of where that came that from. That makes sense. Um, really, really, I mean, what a great lineup. Now, um, you talked about earlier that you came from big CPG um, and that experience I'm sure has carried over. How have you found some of the, the learnings from the Molson cores, the Campbell's um, like, how, how has that helped you in this role and with the business? Are there things you were able to apply from your prior roles Let, besides just the knowledge of kind of how the industry works? Yeah, I think it's it, what what's benefited me is I've just had so many different experiences on so many different brands and so many different capacities, sales, marketing, innovation that um, I can sort of bring a perspective to a lot of the different challenges and opportunities that we face. Um, I can bring frameworks for how to think through challenges, uh, you know, like how to frame up opportunities. Those types of things uh, just have start, you know, have become natural for me. Sure. How to look at data, <laughs> right? Um, a big one. You know, I would say that's a big one. How to look at data, <laughs> right? In our business, yeah, yeah. Price back planning and channel plan. Exactly. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I think yeah. I've been able to bring a lot, but I've learned a lot too. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. It's a Twenty-five people versus you know thousands. Um, but that's part of the fun of it too. You can impact. You can, anyway, you know, um, it, it's amazing. So, um, you mentioned some of your growth, thousands of stores, tough selling to grow to that, or like, you know, people didn't know Mother Raw. I'm guessing. How did you get in with the retailers and then build to that that number of stores? It's amazing. Yes, I would say a couple of things. I would say that aside from our proposition being differentiated enough to get retailers attention yeah that it comes down to it always comes down to the people doesn't it <laughs> no doubt um, right relationships so i have uh, yes and the way that um my team is built is uh i have a, a salesperson from exa- for example who comes from unilever also has experience, former experience um, as a successful entrepreneur. So uh, we've, 
you know, we've, we've, we've got a team who has the experience. And so uh, in this case, the, you know, has been able to uh, knock down doors, literally, if I don't even want to know how many doors he's probably actually (laughs) knocked down, Um, you know, perseverance, grit, but also like super curious. How do we figure this out? How do we figure out the broker network? How do we figure out the distributor network? How do, and, and, you know, we went from really not knowing much about produce because that's where we sell. We're a refrigerated product uh, with dressings and dips. Sure. Um, that's a whole new world. Let me tell right, you. Not shelf stable. Right. <laughs> not such a store. Exactly. Um, and and so it really comes down to the people. It comes back to the level of perseverance, and it it comes down to you know just just not not trying to make the perfect decision in terms of who to align yourself with, but just keep persevering, keep persevering. Sure. And at the end of the day, it's our proposition that's selling, right? It's totally. the brand proposition. Yeah, you've got good this- product that people like and are buying. I mean, a great combination. Then you can add on to that, right? That's that's the hope. So um, and and good segue from one or both of us. Um, you mentioned earlier that you're about to launch into either a new category or a new line. Talk to us about what that looks like um, as you're thinking about, you know, bringing some new innovation to the market. Yeah. So I'm going to be a little bit cautious about what I share just because it's still um, not it's okay. quite into the place. But I would say that it is a, it, it is a different category and it's outside of refrigerated. Ooh. Okay. So it's, yes, and it's not. We're not. We are not taking our dressings and dips to shelf stable. That's right. not. That would be the easy out. guess. <laughs> yes, and that's a that's a hard no. But um, our proposition for Mother Raw is, you know, put good on good. It's all about the things that you that you use to season to add deliciousness to your food should be as good as the food itself, and. Most times they're not, right? Most dressings, unfortunately, have tons of processed, highly processed oils and things that you just don't find in uh, in your kitchen. And we call them, you know, ingredients that are made in the lab. Got it. And stems to many other categories that uh, are all about adding flavor. Um, and so we're going to take on a couple of uh, categories uh, uh, in the shelf stable space. Ooh, okay. Well, you have to come back and tell us about it once they're out. I can't even wait. <laughs> we can all be guessing. Hmm. I would. Yeah. My, I'm not going to mm. guess, but I mean, my guess is you're going to stay close to kind of what you're known for and what you, you know. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I could. I'm going to have to brainstorm that. Um, it gives me something to do after we finish recording today. Uh, <laughs> I, I always have to ask our guests some of their biggest lessons learned. Um, what anything that's not worked for you in the you know six years now i mean like anything that was like man that that was we tried it and that was a big fail or we tried it and we thought it was gonna be successful and it wasn't or we got feedback from customers like what what is anything like that uh sure my goodness um anybody <laughs> sure. who told you differently is, right. is the answer is never no it's all perfect <laughs> right <laughs> yeah this whole like you know it's an overnight success is 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 uh, it doesn't exist it's a unicorn everybody um so in terms of things that haven't worked sure um you know covid uh, listen covid also you know caused some different decisions that otherwise we wouldn't have made sure um so 
you know, one thing, for example, is in the assortment, we have launched and discontinued, you know, a few products along the way. Um, and I like, that's just the way I'm used to that. That's, that's the world of CPG. Uh, but you know, we really thought we had one at the you know, goji berry. Oh, because mother rock consumers, they're going to understand that the goji berry is so healthy. And this is nothing didn't like, did not sell at all. Um, and so, you know, I don't, those aren't failures, but they're learn fast, move fast kind of, uh, considerations. Um, I would say that, um, you know, failure is a big word, right? Because, because I think it's all about, I mean, so far it's been all about what can you learn? Sure. Um, we learned that because, because we are refrigerated in salad dressing aisle, it's very, obviously it's very hard to get off shelf display. Right. So when I first started, I said, we are never doing a buy one, get one free. Mother Raw is a premium product. Right. That is for, and no disrespect, that is for Campbell's Soup. Case, <laughs> like buy a case, get a case right. free. Move some volume. Once a year. Move some volume. Massive volume. Yeah. You know the, you know the deal. And so I was like, no, that's not, that's not the promotional strategy. And COVID comes, right? What, 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 how, how are we going to get trial? <laughs> right. How, you know, what are the tools? And so, um, so when we launch uh, with, depending on the customer strategy, uh, we will do BOGOs uh, to generate trial. And um, I'm always afraid, oh my goodness, we're going to get caught in that cycle. Right. Um, we were not caught in that cycle, I'm going to say, but that was, you know, one of those, wow, I made a really hard statement and then I changed my mind. <laughs> but that's part of being the leader, right? And I mean, for those listening, what you don't, what we're talking about here is like, for example, when I was at Coca-Cola, everyone got used to buying the two liter for 99 cents. So whenever it was 239, people wouldn't buy it. And then it was on nine, they would wait till it was 99 cents and they'd stock up, right? So the problem with that model is everyone's just waiting for the discount, right? And not buying it traditional price and then you also lose your pricing power interesting exactly but up front when you're getting new product out the door um and there's even all kinds of new direct-to-consumer type methods now for doing um trial right buy gets at least to get new product going hey write a review um i mean that's right i mean I, 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 at least it gets your product in the hands of people that may not normally have bought it and that was the thing. It's how are we going to drive some trial? And then obviously looking at your trial, at your at your velocities before and after. And as long as you're still seeing your base volumes grow after that spike, you know you've brought some new consumers in. I mean, it's not science because we don't have we don't have the kind of data that I'm used to having, sure. uh, which can be very freeing. It's very freeing, also though I must All say. Right. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> You know, there's always sides to a story. So, uh, but but I think as long as you're continuing to increase your base volume after those promotions, then you have a sense that your velocities, your uh, penetration is growing, right? And that's totally. that's that's what we're. Mm -hmm. um, uh, super helpful. You've you've shared some interesting lessons learned today too, just from being the leader. And you you manage a team and lead a team there that's gone through challenges, right? And then growth and like. As as you think about our listening audience, there's a lot of leaders of businesses that are that that 
that take time to listen to these episodes, what would be some advice you'd have for them, you know, leading a, a brand that's growing like the one that you are today and even almost adjusting your mindset a little bit, right, to operate not in the big company world, but with a not a startup, but, you know, high growth food brand? Yeah, I, I mean, I think through the lens of anybody who's transitioned from CPG to a small, scrappy growing company, um, I think one of one of the learnings may be a little bit uh, different than what others share, but um, is don't get ahead of yourself. So I've seen myself many times say, okay, I'm going to figure out the innovation pipeline for the next four years right. and then do all kinds of work. <laughs> and at the end of the day, when you're a small and scrappy, uh, you got to execute what you have like heck. Sure. And, and so so, you know, you bring this big ideal thinking and you realize, well, it kind of right now it doesn't matter because right now really what matters is this, you know, trade show that I have next week. So it's sort of like, don't lose your focus on the execution for the sake of over strategizing, which is what we do in CPG. We, you know, we really, you know, use the data to chart our course. Um, I just think it's, you know, keep your time frame kind of on the 12 to 18 month at first, you know, you got to get in the door and make it work. Um, That, that would be my, you know, some, some kind of, if you're coming from a big CPG space to a smaller scrappy company. Um, And the second thing from that perspective is expect to do it all and be okay with that. Right. Wear lots Um, of hats, right? Yeah. And I say, do it all. I don't do it all at my company. I have great people, but I mean, do it all in terms of, okay, it's trade show time. Let's, we're all going, we're all, you know, like I've been on that trade show floor and, um, you know, pa- packed it up and taken it down and <laughs> right. it's, you, know, you do it, you do whatever needs to be done. And, and, and that, and you have to enjoy that, right. You have to know that your hands are on it. Um, so that, that's one thing. And, and then in terms of anybody who's sort of starting off, maybe at a, like an early at a, or at a bit of an earlier stage than they are right now. I think it really is like you gotta do your homework by surrounding yourself with people who've gone there before you. Totally. So valuable, there, right? I I rely on my network that I have grown significantly since I started this job more than any any other time in my career because there's so many things that I have, you know, that that you have to figure out that you probably weren't responsible for figuring out before or never have done it before. And you don't even know what questions to ask. So I think, you know, really like, it looks like it's a straight line when you, you see people's stories on, on, on social media, you know, it looks like it's, it is not a straight line. And there are many, many considerations around your go-to-market strategy and the costs associated with your choices for example, when you have to use distributors and sure. brokers. Yeah, as another step in the process, and, right, of getting product to retail. Exactly. And these costs are big and brokers are and distributors are compensated on what they sell. When you're small and starting out, it's very hard to expect them to prioritize your business. And so really, you know, just get underneath those, talk to people who've done it before, be honest with yourself about what your PL and your business sort of model looks like. And just like when you're maybe like 
building a house or having a wedding, you add 20% to everything. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> add some extra yeah. room buffer. <laughs> uh, it's so yeah. good. It's so yeah. valuable. I mean, and it, it's um, pr- really exciting. Like I said, great product, great packaging. I mean, great penetration already in so many um, outlets and and growth ahead. And you've got this combination of direct to consumer as well as you know your distributor model and whatnot, getting to retailers. And I'm excited for you. You got to come back share your new news once you have it. Um, I think that's going to be exciting. And Christy, before we go, how about share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy product, find product, you know, sample product, et cetera. Absolutely. So, um, as I said, like 8,000 stores, so we're, uh, all across uh, Canada. We actually just, uh, secured listings with uh, the biggest customer in, in Canada who's, who's wow. law laws. So we're super oh, yeah. excited about great, that. Great place. Yeah. Yeah. We're in, um, so we're all across Canada. We're in the U.S., uh, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Publix, some of the Albertsons divisions. Um, so, yeah, so we've got some big hitters. Uh, and then we've got, you know, natural specialty kind of uh, customers as well. And we're online, uh, motherraw.com. We have a great uh, social media um uh, platform. So come and come and take a look on at us at on Instagram at, at Mother Raw, TikTok, the whole the whole <laughs> <Everything>. gamut. <laughs> Love it. Um, excited for you. Um, so good to meet you. So cool what you have done there and how you've helped take this idea and not let the flame go out. Right. I mean, you've actually ignited new energy behind this brand and and brought it to more people that get to experience it. And I'm sure the founder would be so proud. You know, um, it's amazing. Uh, so great having you here, Christy, and look forward to staying in touch. Have you back on down the road. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional Contender Cast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.